Welcome to Almost Here, Round the Corner of Future Technology Podcasts with Richard Jacobs. Future technologies poised to transform our lives for better or worse are the focus of this podcast. Almost Here means these technologies are now here and starting to be used, or just around the corner, from Bitcoin to artificial intelligence, 3D printing, blockchain, virtual reality, and more. Coming to Dallas, Texas, September 14th, 15th, and 16th, 2018, the Blockchain and Future Tech Expo. This is going to be a gigantic conference of over 5,000 people. We're going to be talking about blockchain and its applications. We're going to be talking about quantum computing, cybersecurity, artificial intelligence, and several other future technologies that are poised to and actually changing our lives as we speak. Here's why you should attend. As you may know, early adopters are the ones that investigated and profited from things like the gold rush in the 1800s, from the dot-com boom in the 1990s, from the internet boom in 2005, from the smartphone explosion in 2007, from the real estate boom that ended in 2008, and of course, from the Bitcoin boom that started in 2012. Early adopters act now. They don't wait till later. They go out west first in their covered wagons. They find the biggest gold nuggets. If you consider yourself an early adopter and you want to find the biggest nuggets, then you owe it to yourself to attend this upcoming conference. Blockchain is going to affect how we control and store our medical data, how we send money around the world, how we bank, and more. But artificial intelligence, quantum computing, and cybersecurity will play a pivotal role in our lives as well. And that's why our next event, September 14th to the 16th at the Dallas Convention Center, is going to have not only 5,000 plus attendees, but we'll showcase blockchain, AI, cybersecurity, quantum computing, and more. You want to get in on the coming gold rush of future tech and opportunity as an early adopter. Don't be left out. To register, go to bftexpo.com. That's blockchainfuturetechexpo.com. Thank you. Hello and welcome everyone to the Future Tech Podcast. My name is Josh Thomas. I'm here with Michael Hiles of 10XTS. And they are a blockchain development lab that functions as an incubator for blockchain technology companies. Hello, Michael. Hey, how are you? Hey, I'm doing great. Uh, thanks for being here. I'm glad to have you. Now, there's there's a number of different things that you're working on right now, Michael, uh, that we could talk about. But uh, let's focus in first on your company. Uh, how how did this come about? So uh, I'm a lifelong uh, developer. I started coding on mainframes when I was literally a kid. I was like, my dad worked for a very early software company, so I kind of won the gold ticket. And uh, he was in sales, so I listened to he and his colleagues sell the technology I was working on from an engineering standpoint as a kid. Um, so this kind of set the pace for my whole career. I started a web development company in 1994 and uh, actually was already out of it by 99 before the web even was really uh, widely known and distributed. So I uh, got into the uh, marketing front end and sales and uh, selling technology solutions. So it got to be uh, a lifelong serial entrepreneur and CEO and the, uh, the uh, software developer. So uh, about uh, 2011, I started tracking heavily a lot of the evolution of the space. And uh, then when Ethereum you know, came out with uh, you know, smart contract, I, I knew that there was an opportunity to start just simply working to develop enterprise levels with blockchain. So less cryptocurrency and Bitcoin and more uh, just solving actual business problems with the technology. That's great.
great. And, and that seems to be the, the way that the tide is shifting currently. Uh, I know that cryptocurrencies were the only real topic that was hitting the news and the only thing that people were really interested in in 2017. And with all of the regulations coming down, it seems as though we're, we're moving upstream and we're talking more about the technology. Yeah, crypto is still important, but it's, it, yeah. we, need proper, we, need, we need proper use cases, and uh, that has been notably absent. Yeah, I'm not a very popular guy in the crypto space because when I started down the path, you know, being familiar with BE and uh, early stage investing in particular, just running around. I, I, I'm also the director of uh, Cincinnati Chapter at the Founder Institute, which is a Silicon Valley-based global accelerator program. And uh, so working heavily with uh, early stage tech companies to really understand the structured capital space and, you know, saw the collision coming. And uh, so we've really embraced a regulatory compliant path from the get-go, and in fact, our flagship product is sort of a uh, platform that combines, uh, you know, the wild west of ICOs with regulatory compliant asset issuance and uh, crowdfunding on a uh, decentralized exchange base. And so we're working with several broker dealers, and uh, you know, really taking a very heavily regulatory compliant path towards uh, you know, implementation of blockchain. In so tell me a little bit more about uh, your your incubator. Uh, you obviously you you shared a little bit about your history and how you got involved and how you got interested and I find it first of all I find it really interesting that you uh, got into web development before probably half of the world even knew what the internet was and then you got out of it before the big you know the big dot com boom and bust and tell me about how how did that experience translate into getting into this new wave that's happening right now? Well, so it's interesting because I didn't actually get out of web development. I just shifted my focus away from front-end consumer-focused web development, which is largely the, you know, really the thrust of the dot-com era, the bubble and the bust, and uh, recognized that, you know, about the time I got out, 99, 2000, 2001, that was the emergence of the business web you know, web technology implementation. The enterprise was starting to recognize that it could be a useful platform and a tool for internal operations. So I really shifted my focus, and I kind of saw the same thing coming in advance. So watching and waiting for the right timing is current wave. But what's really interesting is the corollaries between blockchain and Internet, it's in a lot of instances almost identical conversation uh, that we had in the early days of the Internet where you had the... uh, I call it the cypherpunk anarcho-capitalists who wanted to use the technology as a way to completely disrupt the status quo. And, of course, it became co-opted by big corporates and, uh, you know, traditional business. And that's exactly the same corollary to what's happening right now, where you have you know, the traditional blockchain uh, cryptocurrency space, you have a bunch of anarcho-capitalist libertarians have wild fantasies of, you know, an unregulated society. And, of course, now here we are in the throes of the shift to a the more institutionalized, you know, call it the status or a regulatory governed uh, sort of environment around blockchain. So very interesting players that I find to be almost carbon copy. You know, it's uh, it's sad. The the anarchists always get the shaft. <laughs> I got invited by like five different people to go to Anarcho Polco last month down in uh, Mexico, and I just scratched my head thinking, you know, how do anarchists actually have a convention? Who like plans the itinerary and schedule? For- <laughs> I don't know. It's, <laughs> it's it's kind of like an oxymoron, yeah. So, uh, 
So uh, in all due respect, I know that we have quite a few of our listeners who who subscribe to that that style of life or living, and I have nothing against it. It's just the the two the two correlations that you just made is you know the the anarchists drive the innovation, and then ultimately they get regulated, uh, and so it seems like that cycle keeps repeating itself. So uh, talk to me about uh, in in the last few years that you've been running TX 10XTS, uh, what were what were some of the surprise uh, developments that you've seen? Some I'm sure there's been some interesting companies that have come through under your tutelage. Uh, what, can you name a few that really stood out to you as like, wow, that's a really good idea and these guys are going far? Um, well, the one thing I have to comment about is in general, like, Blockchain companies are still startups, and just because, you know, the original first wave of ICOs, just because a company is able to raise many, many millions of dollars in a new and novel way, doesn't necessarily guarantee and ensure their success. And, you know, for running Startup Accelerator and being involved in that early-stage capital space, you know, the numbers are, are pretty tough when it comes to the success rate of uh, technology companies in general. Uh, you know, typically are you know, hoping that one out of ten are a runaway success offset the loss of the rest of the portfolio. And because these companies have gone directly to the global capital market, been able to raise a lot of money directly, really doesn't help them. And in fact, I've seen where overcapitalized for these companies, it actually works against them because they're not hungry. You know, they don't work as hard. And uh, you know, having that much money in the bank that early on can really... Uh, Work your market the perspective. You're still working against a market cycle, and you only have a certain window to enter the space. So, the companies that I really like in the blockchain space, or I really like the horizontal infrastructure companies. So, you know, the storages, the, the you know, the file points of the world, and the companies that represent a horizontal platform that can be adopted and used, verticalized by a lot of other companies. You know, those are the infrastructure play companies that would be the corollary to the early days of the web when you had uh, IS, you know, host providers. And uh, I see that there's going to be a whole round of blockchain infrastructure companies that will then, uh, you know, continue to verticalize the civic industry space over time. But, uh, you know, those are the companies that I'm really paying attention to. I'm not necessarily enthused with a, a lot of the garbage ICOs that have gone on. And that's why I am a proponent of regulation, because there has been an awful lot of crap that's gone out there and been sold and the hot thing and only to come find out, you know, the company didn't even have an office or, you know, whatever. Right. Yeah, agreed. You know, there's a, there's so much to unpack in uh, what you just said there. And, and I've had probably a few hundred conversations at this point with different companies, and some are more prepared than others. Uh, some are more competent than others. But the thing that really stands out is the ones that have a bunch of money sitting in the bank. It, it really changes their thinking, and I think you nailed it. They're not—they're not hungry, and when you're not hungry, innovation is not driven. Right. And and that you know, when you're fat and happy, it's hard to think about how you're going to go out and get your next meal because it's coming to you already. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Completely changes the incentivization of how a founder team looks at their their mission and their task. And I'm very critical of being in the startup space. I'm very critical of institutionalized entrepreneurship and you know, corporate innovation programs because, in the end, you know, all those people get their paycheck every two weeks, regardless. You know, for yeah. we startups, you know, we eat what we kill. So, yep. So, as 
speaking of, you know, let's let's take a look at the other side of this coin. Uh, as as you've been building this company, what are some of the unique challenges that you've run into? Um, the, this particular space is moving faster than I've ever seen any technology cycle. So, you know, I'm in my late 40s and I've been doing this my entire life, and you know, so I've been blessed to have the opportunity to go through multiple technology life cycle and think we're okay timing wise but if i would have delayed six months of space it's always really about timing, right and if i would have attempted to put 10 xps together in 2014 or 2015 it would have been too soon into the market um, and you know it's really trying to catch that wave at the right time and of course you could never time the market but uh seeing how fast how compressed. I mean, in the world of blockchain, you know, a week is like two months, (laughs) right? So things just move so quickly, and that translates into, you know, heightened pressure for prioritization on things. You just don't have the luxury of scheduling the wrong meeting or engaging in the wrong conversation. You just don't have that luxury of that extra recovery time. Yeah, that is so true. And uh, so one of the things that we do is we, we put on conferences, and we had one in February. Uh, it was actually the same time as that Anarchopolco that you mentioned, the Bitcoin Super Conference in Dallas. And, uh, you know, part of the reason that that was a huge success, uh, first of all, is we were relentless, um, maniacal prospectors and marketers. And, you know, we made sure that that event was going to be completely full and successful. But a lurking variable was the the market had a huge surge, and December, you know, coins were capping out at you know 100 to 1,000 x where they started at the beginning of the year, and uh, we were still feeling that in February the sentiment was still very high, uh, and so it was just you know we were there at the right time to a certain extent. Now the market has been the crypto market and. Unfortunately, the you know how the market is performing really drives a lot of people's interest in the industry. The market's really down right now. We're sitting here in early April, uh, and everything's down. But what we've noticed, uh, you know, we're doing another event, and if we were to uh, do that event based on you know cryptocurrencies and making money and those sorts of things, then it would be a total bloodbath for us. Uh, what we've realized is. The people who are interested in this industry right now, they're interested in the technology, and that's where we started this conversation. And we rebranded to the Future Tech Expo, uh, and so we're going to be talking about technology. It sounds like you've you've experienced and seen some of that same shift as well. It sounds like we're speaking the same language. Yeah, I, I saw the shift taking place regardless. I, I was never like, enamored with the out bubble nature uh, of cryptocurrency in general. Uh, because it's always use case and network economics that drives long-term sustainability evaluation. And, uh, you know, just because people heard the stories of the Bitcoin millionaires and they bought something for 25 cents and it went to 10 grand, you know, it just, you know, really drove a, an awful lot of unsophisticated retail money in from the street. And, uh, you know, it was sort of the last drop because I was also watching the convergence of, you know, already engaging Securities Exchange Commission and seeing that, shift coming down, even, uh, you know, even when Cooley breathed life into the ICO market with the uh, white paper for the simple agreement for future tokens uh, in October, um, I, I already saw the writing on the wall that, you know, in the end, this is, all, all these things are still secured, and they're going to be treated like securities, they're going to be governed like securities, 
and uh, that means that the regulators are going to just come in and flamethrow yep. everyone down. And I think that's part <laughs> of what the market is at right now. I, you know, if you look at it, you know, the inflation of Ethereum, the number one use case of Ethereum was ICOs, and you know, there's just not that many going off. Now that being said, the market's already raised, you know, like uh, almost four billion dollars the first quarter of this year globally for ICOs. While it's flattened off in March, it's always traditionally flattened off in March. So seeing how the numbers land April, May, June, um, see if there's a recovery. It'll be interesting going forward to see if the market really is flat. So yeah, yeah, that's a good point. I like how you said that they're just flamethrowing everybody down. <laughs> that's oh, yeah, a great I mean, visual. <laughs> that's what they're doing, and I called it. I knew it was going to happen. So. Yeah, you did. And so, well, uh, you know, here's an opportunity you know, as we're as we're kind of winding this down to to call the next thing. Let's like let's take a look ahead to the next six to 12 months in this industry. What are the what are the next developments that you see? Um, I see regu- I see new regulation, particularly around exchanges emerging uh, for the United States. Uh, I know the CFTC absolutely does not like the current 50 state money transmitter license. You know, that all of the uh, current crypto exchanges are using uh, to comply with the law. So I can anticipate there to probably be uh, new legislation at the federal level to uh, modify uh, exchange governance for crypto exchanges. Um, and I also foresee a mass listing of ICO alt tokens off of U.S. exchanges that uh, went down as unregistered securities. I think exchanges are going to be forced into uh, mass listing of tokens already in the market doesn't mean that you can't still trade them on finance or an offshore but uh, you know I do I do still see things uh, tightening up we've been lobbying the see and uh, you know I went to see last week to sit down at the invite of the United States Chamber of Commerce they have a uh, they call it CTEC the Chamber uh, Technology Engagement uh, Committee and they are uh, primarily responsible for helping define public policy for emerging technology. And I attempted to impress upon everybody that I talked to uh, from a, a legislative standpoint that we really do need a strong taxonomy of tokens uh, so that we can really identify what is a security what versus what is not a security, uh, you know, what is an application or a utility token. Uh, you know, these things really need to be well-defined because it's putting the United States uh, behind the rest of the world from a competitive standpoint because other nations that are not necessarily so concerned uh, with the regulation of their capital markets, uh, they're able to run down the road and uh, fund the innovation where we're kind of running from behind to catch up. Yeah. Wow. Excellent. So, and Michael Hiles from 10XTS, and the website is 10XTS.com, right? That's correct. Yeah. Any final thoughts here before we wrap um, if you haven't bought any cryptocurrency, it's still not a bad time to just go out and try. Technology's not going to go away, and even though the market may be a topsy-turvy, a lot of volatility and flat, um, you know, I, I encourage everyone to just get their heads around what the technology is, the baseline of the technology, uh, the best use of the technology. You don't even know it's blockchain, right? Some user interface, you have some of the accounts there. We really don't even want to know that it's blockchain under the hood. So, uh, and, you know, that's probably another forecast thing. Uh, I could, uh, you know, a lot of better user interfaces and you know, better interaction of the technology from a consumer standpoint is going to continue to drive its popularity in the mainstream. Very good. Well said, and I agree. 
Thanks very much, Michael, for joining us. Uh, that's a wrap for this episode. We'll see you next time on the Future Tech Podcast. Coming to Dallas, Texas, September 14th, 15th, and 16th, 2018, the Blockchain and Future Tech Expo. This is going to be a gigantic conference of over 5,000 people. We're going to be talking about blockchain and its applications. We're going to be talking about quantum computing, cybersecurity, artificial intelligence, and several other future technologies that are poised to and actually changing our lives as we speak. Here's why you should attend. As you may know, early adopters are the ones that investigated and profited from things like the gold rush in the 1800s, from the dot-com boom in the 1990s, from the internet boom in 2005, from the smartphone explosion in 2007, from the real estate boom that ended in 2008, and of course, from the Bitcoin boom that started in 2012. Early adopters act now. They don't wait till later. They go out west first, and their covered wagons, they find the biggest gold nuggets. If you consider yourself an early adopter and you want to find the biggest nuggets, then you owe it to yourself to attend this upcoming conference. Blockchain is going to affect how we control and store our medical data, how we send money around the world, how we bank, and more. But artificial intelligence, quantum computing, and cybersecurity will play a pivotal role in our lives as well. And that's why our next event, September 14th to the 16th at the Dallas Convention Center, is going to have not only 5,000-plus attendees, but will showcase blockchain, AI, cybersecurity, quantum computing, and more. You want to get in on the coming gold rush of future tech and opportunity as an early adopter. Don't be left out. To register, go to bftexpo.com. That's blockchainfuturetechexpo.com. Thank you. You have been listening to Almost Here, Around the Corner Future Technology Podcast with Richard Jacobs. Subscribe to this podcast, post a review, to discover more future technologies that are poised to transform our lives for better or worse, such as Bitcoin, artificial intelligence, 3D printing, blockchain, virtual reality, and more.